There we go. Welcome in, everybody, to the Hardly Knowledgeable Podcast. We are in week two of the 2022 college football season. Um, a lot of stuff happened week one. Kansas and Kansas State both came home with the win, and the Big 12 did pretty good as a whole. So uh, we're going to jump right in uh, to breaking down week one. What did you think about Kansas's win? I wasn't able to watch the game, but I do know they won, what, 59 to 10 against F- Tennessee? 56, yeah, basically. 56 to 10 over Tennessee Tech, a bad FCS team. We knew they'd win. Um, but what do you think about the Jayhawks' performance? Uh, I was pretty pleased. Um, they didn't really run Devin Neal too much. He only had four carries, but he did get over 100 yards and had a couple touchdowns. Um, Jalen Daniels looked pretty good. He was slinging it out there, you know, not too hard to throw it against a team like Tennessee Tech, but he made some impressive throws and uh, the defense played pretty well, only gave up 10 points. Um, I guess with how bad they are, maybe we could have shut them out. But we had a special teams touchdown on a blocked field goal, so it was kind of good to see uh, everyone, you know, scoring from all angles. Uh, I think all four running backs looked pretty good, all that are going to play. So I was pretty pretty pleased. Uh, looking forward to what we can do against a better team this week. For sure. So just so you know, the Jayhawks play West Virginia uh, this coming week. Um, so I don't know about that. We know West Virginia lost in a heartbreaker to Pitt, a game they should have won, but Neil Brown just seemed a little bit afraid at the end, um, to coach to win. He coached not to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the Wildcats, they played the South Dakota Coyotes, a little bit better of an FCS team, but still a team that the Cats should have handled. Uh, they did well. They won what? 34 to zero, 35 to zero, mm-hmm. 34. Yeah. 34 to nothing. Kicker um, had to miss the PAT. Or whatever. Drew and, I, Drew and I were there. Uh, we left after South Dakota's prove it drive when uh, we put the twos in, and then uh, South Dakota still didn't score. We left pretty close to after that. We saw a little bit of Jake Rubley. He was kind of he was pretty impressive, um, especially for not playing uh, any snaps in uh, Division One football. Uh, very vanilla though the the offensive attack. You know, I counted about four different plays. Uh, four different run plays, and then very vanilla in the uh, passing game. Didn't really try to stretch the ball down the field too much. Uh, did have, what, three sacks on the day, four sacks on the day. Um, so that's that, that was, it was a pretty good defensive performance. Obviously, zero yards or zero points scored. And they were under 100 yards both put passing and running in the first half uh, or first quarter. They had negative two rushing yards in the first quarter. I remember that for sure. Um but it was a fun game, fun atmosphere. Uh, we didn't get to hear our favorite song, um, but that is what it is. Um, so, what did you think about Kansas State's thirty-four to nothing win over South Dakota? Oh uh, yeah, I think he hit it pretty good. Uh, they scored on special teams, which is what they do better than anybody. Uh, it was when Nolan left to get a drink, actually. So you know, if they don't score on special teams this week, you can blame Nolan for uh, not getting up and leaving during the game. Uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, yeah, pretty. Uh, Kind of boring game plan. Uh, Deuce obviously looked good. He had like 130 yards and a touchdown on not that many carries. So I like to see that. The backup running back looked pretty decent. I forgot his name. Is it Giddens? Yeah, DJ Giddens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he looked pretty good. So that's good to see. Kind of nice to have like a bigger running back to throw in there. Hopefully he can take care of the ball when he gets in there. Um, Yeah, not too much else. Really vanilla game plan. Uh, Adrian Martinez didn't look that great, but he also didn't have much to work with. It was just a bunch of checkdowns, a bunch of screens. He took one shot that looked like maybe it could have been a little better, but it was definitely still catchable, and Phillip Brooks couldn't bring it in. So 
I would imagine that was just to not give Missouri much to prepare for and kind of because, you know, that's his only game with K-State, so they don't really know what to look for. I don't think if they looked at his Nebraska stuff, they'd really be seeing the same stuff. Uh, had some decent runs, had some not-so-decent runs, but I think we'll see more from him against Missouri. So There is a Colin Klein staple when he was in college that we haven't seen for a while uh, since Bill Snyder, and that is quarterback power. It has made a return, ladies and gentlemen, straight-up quarterback power um is back and that gives you know a third element to the offensive quarterback can design to get it out there and run uh, which is something we really haven't seen never we I don't think Courtney Messing can have run it uh yet in the four years he was here so glad to see quarterback power back so all right let's get right into uh the picks for both the Kansas State Wildcats and the Kansas Jayhawks and we'll move along all right the Kansas Jayhawks again like I mentioned earlier play the West Virginia Mountaineers in Morgantown after a heartbreaking loss to Pittsburgh, a game in which the Mountaineers probably should have won. I'm taking the Mountaineers here, and I'm going to take the Mountaineers by two touchdowns. Uh, Kansas is an improved team, but I think West Virginia is going to come out here, play Neil Brown's coaching for his job, and uh, West Virginia is a talented team. We noticed that. Their offensive line is lacking pretty big but uh, the spread is 13 and a half in favor of West Virginia um and the over is 60 so i'm going to take the over and west virginia spread all right so i don't really know what i think about west virginia after that pit game because yes they should have won but or they could have won you know like they had what like a fourth and one on pits 40 and punted and then pit went down tied the game pick six all that yeah. uh but earlier in the game, you know, West Virginia was able to block a punt and that led to seven points um, beginning of the second half. They also, you know, like you said, their O-line looks pretty bad and Pitt has a pretty good uh, pass rush and they were able to get to Daniels pretty quick and he got really beat up out there and he threw up some balls that probably should have been picked. Just, you know, he's just throwing it up trying not to take a sack and, you know, Pitt couldn't come down with them and West Virginia's receivers made some good plays, but if – Maybe ball placement is a little off on those throws. Maybe Pitt gets some picks and they win that game comfortably. So I don't take too much away from that game being close. But I do think West Virginia will win. I don't think KU's defense is as good as Pitt. I do think that KU will have a similar game plan to Pitt. They're going to run the ball a lot with their running backs, and I think they'll try to use play action. And I think Jalen Daniels is a pretty good athletic quarterback, so I think that he can, you know, make some plays on his own on the ground. And so I'll take West Virginia to win. I don't see KU going on the road, but in Lawrence to end the year last year when West Virginia was fighting for a bowl, uh, this is a six point game. So I'll say I'll take West Virginia by uh, seven. I think All it'll right. be a close game. Competitive. Game. I got, anyway. I got West Virginia by 14 drew us West Virginia by seven. And I do believe West Virginia by seven is closer than, you know, most people expect Kansas to be year in or West Virginia by 14 is closer than most people expect Kansas to be year in and year out uh, starting big 12 play. So um, next we have the Wildcats of Kansas state taking on the Missouri Tigers, uh, Missouri law or beat Louisiana tech 52 to 24. Uh, the defense, their defense has improved this year. Uh, but still not very good, giving up 24 points to a pretty bad uh, La Tech team. Um, 
Missouri, I think they're going to be able to move the ball on the Cats. I mean, the Cats' defense is pretty stifling. Uh, Khalid Duke will be back this week, and I think we're going to get pressure on the quarterback. But uh, I, I expect to see a lot of short passes to the boundaries, a lot of comeback routes, and a lot of out routes from the Missouri Tigers uh, and their wide receiver core. Uh, they're they're going to want to try to establish the run game and get a lot of stuff out of their play action. But uh, they're they're going to have to throw the ball and score a lot. Their offensive line, I don't think is as good as Kansas state's defensive line. And I think uh, that especially in the middle, they should eat uh, all day long. I don't think this Missouri team is very good. And I think their first week win proved it. I I think La Tech is a bad team Uh, and it's a program that's gone downhill from what it used to be. So I I do think they're a bad team. Uh, Missouri took advantage of that and, and one um, they scored a lot of points, but, you know, now they're playing a legit defense. They're playing a Big 12 defense and probably the best defense in the Big 12, one of, if not the best defense in the Big 12. Um, it's at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I think we're going to look for the offense to open it up a little bit. I think we're going to have Adrian Martinez said after the game, a downfield passing attack was not part of the game plan. I think that'll be worked into the game plan. I think we're going to use Deuce more creatively, get him out in space, throw him the ball more. Um, Adrian's going to, and we're going to use Adrian, we're going to get him out of the pocket because he's not very comfortable in the pocket right now. We're going to get him out of the pocket. We're going to get him thrown to our tight ends, our wide receivers. And and I, I, I think we'll be able to score 40, 50 points on this team, even though we weren't able to do it last week. But I think the game plan is going to be more aggressive on both sides of the ball. Um, I do think I do think we can put up a lot of points on Missouri. Uh, it's going to be a big game. It was a sellout last week um, at the Bill. Uh, for South Dakota, which we haven't had a sellout in a year or two now, and 50,450 people were there, you know, and so that's that's a big deal. So uh, Kansas State's line opened at a nine and a half point favorite. It's dropped now to seven and a half. I'm still going to take the Cats at seven and a half. I think they'll win by uh, two scores, maybe three. So I'll take Cats seven and a half. The over is 57. Uh, I will take the over on this game as well. I do think there's going to be a lot of points scored from both teams. Um, yeah, Taylor Poitier went down last week. That's a tough draw. Hadley Panzer will fill in nicely. He's, he's a hardworking kid. So, uh, he'll fill it. He will fill in nicely, um, in that guard position. And I don't think they're going to miss a beat. They've got a really good offensive line. Uh, they ran the ball for a lot of yards last week and Deuce didn't have very many carries, but, uh, let's see how many yards did he get? He got 126 yards on 18 carries. Um, so that is not too shabby. Um, this week is a prove it week for Adrian Martinez. We're going to, I think with the playbook opened up a lot more than it was last week, we're going to see what Adrian Martinez is going to do for this team and what he's going to provide. So I'm very much looking forward to watching him play and seeing the talent that we, we know he has come to fruition on the field and hoping that the turnover bug doesn't hit us and he doesn't make bad decisions late. He's going to have more time to throw. And Missouri's defense is not very good again. So uh, this is the prove-it game for Martinez. Um, Looking forward to seeing the offense be ran the way it's supposed to be. All right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I expect K-State to open it up quite a bit more in this game. However, the one thing I do know about Missouri from last year is that they were pretty horrible at stopping the run. So I think if K-State can establish the run early, they still might not have to throw as much as we might think. You know, maybe they don't have to open it up as much. Um, 
So I think if K-State can establish a good run game and, you know, run all over their defense, and I don't know much about Missouri's defensive line, but K-State always has one of the better offensive lines, at least in the conference, I would say. So I would expect them to be able to create holes for Deuce and, you know, other people running the ball and should be able to carve them up. Um, as far as Missouri goes, their freshman receiver, Luther Burden, who is one of the top recruits in the country, he's like one of the only players I know on Missouri. He had some flashes in their first game. You know, he's just a freshman, so I don't know if they're going to plan on using him a lot this game, but they might need to. So I'd be curious to see if they want to take deep shots to him or if they just try to get him in the flat and try to get him in the space. So I think that I would assume K-State's defensive game plan would be to try probably try to slow him down whenever he's on the field. Uh, I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think this game is probably going to be in the 20s or maybe maybe K-State gets to 30. Uh the line movement going from nine and a half to seven and a half seems odd, but maybe that's just a bunch of casual football fans that looked up Adrian Martinez's stats and were like, oh, he didn't do that good. I'll take Missouri. They're in the SEC. You know, like, sure, they're in the SEC, but they're not a good SEC team. They're the second worst team in their division basically every year. Um, so, yeah, I'll take K-State to win by about uh, two scores, 10 to 14, somewhere in there. I'll say like 31 to 20, something like that. Okay. I would like to say La Tech ran for 11 yards last week. Uh, they ran the ball 22 times, averaged half a yard a carry, um, only ran for 11 yards. However, they racked up 336 through the air. Uh, and I know nothing about La Tech, so they might be horrible. I That that could be true. I know um, nothing. I will say this about this Kansas State offensive line. Even with the loss of Taylor Portier, I would still put them in the top 10 in the country probably. Uh, they are that good this year. So um, I'm confident that we'll be able to run on almost anybody we come across, you know, not the Georgias or the Alabamas, but we won't have to play them this season. So um, I, I, I'm i confident that the – I think this will be more of a high-scoring game than you think. Um, Missouri can move the ball up and down the field, and, and they do that. They do that. So I, I think the Cats will win by, like you said, 10 to 14, but I do think it'll be a much more high scoring affair. So, all right. Moving on to the NFL, uh, our hometown Kansas City Chiefs, not hometown, but our local Kansas City Chiefs are taking on the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. Um, I don't know much about uh, the Cardinals this year. I haven't seen anybody play yet. So, um, I don't know who to pick, what to go with. I mean, I'm obviously I'm going to ride or die with my boy Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, they're favored by six. It's at Arizona. Um, I've got no much more to say about that. All right. So one thing. So uh, the Cardinals' number one receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, you might have heard of him. He is suspended for six games for PEDs. On know. my fantasy team. He, there you go. Yeah. After weeks, after six games, you know, he'll be good. But uh, so the Cardinals are an interesting team because they always seem to do really well to start the year. Last year, they started like seven and oh, eight, no. And then they lost a lot of games, still made the playoffs and were really bad in the playoffs. So typically I'd be scared to play them, but they're without their best receiver. They traded for Marquise Brown from the Ravens. We'll see about that. Uh, Yeah, I'll take the Chiefs to win. Uh, the spread makes me a little nervous just because this opened up at two and a half and now it's six. Mm. And I think, and I think the reason it's at six is because sports betting just became legal in Kansas <laughs> and people got a bunch of free bets. So I bet there's a lot of people that put all their hundreds of dollars of free bets on this game. So that's probably why the action, because 
normally a line only goes from two and a half to six, like a multiple point spread if like somebody is hurt, which the Hopkins news has been known since April or something. So like that's that's not news. So I'd be a little nervous betting the spread that jumped that much. But I do think the Chiefs will win. Uh they say Andy Reid off a bye is one of the best things. So he's had a really long bye to prepare. And yeah, so I think I think we'll win and I I would think we'll cover, but it, you know, risky when a line moves that much. So I'll probably not bet it, but I think we'll win. Yeah, I agree. I think the Chiefs will win. I think they'll win by a touchdown, maybe 10 points. So uh, they'll get rolling. I, I guess I jumped the gun a little bit with college football because we did want to pick a couple more games that are happening this weekend with them. Uh, I'm just going to stick her in the Big 12. There are a few games we can pick uh, here. So, you know, we both have West Virginia and we both have Kansas State uh, winning their games. We're going to go ahead and we're going to jump to Lubbock, Texas. Uh, Houston's in town after barely beating uh, UTSA. Um, on a last second play, they're playing the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech is favored by three points, and the over is 63. Um, I just love this Dana led team, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I will take uh I will take Houston on the road. I think they're gonna find a way to get it done. I do believe Tech will give them a fight, especially in a tough home field environment. Uh, that Jones AT and T Stadium is, but. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take Houston and the over. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Over. I think I'll be, uh, you know, I'm mad at myself because I forgot to bet the Texas tech over last week. That was something I said that I was going to do a lot this year because they'll have a really fun offense and probably a really bad defense. And they put up like 60 points on Murray state. So, you know, do with that information what you may. Uh, Yeah. So Houston lost this game at home last year. And that was their only regular season loss before losing to Cincinnati in their conference championship game. Um, but I'm going to take Houston as well. I think this is a really important game for them. Just, you know, they lost to them last year, so they return a lot of guys. They'll be motivated for them. They won't be overlooking them. And this is going to be a conference opponent. And I don't know if you'd want to lose to a future conference opponent that's in your own state twice in a row. So I'm pretty surprised that Texas Tech is favored because I kind of viewed them as like a lower tier of the conference team. And Houston's pretty good, probably one of the better non-power five teams so but i'll take houston and the over as well i do expect it to be close but i'll take i'll take houston for sure all right uh so we're both in agreement there uh now moving to big 10 country but staying in the big 12 iowa city iowa is home <laughs> of the uh whatever their rivalry is called i don't really know the, the cyhawk trophy right oh uh, yes the cyhawk trophy iowa won it last year even though Iowa State was a preseason playoff dark horse after going uh, <laughs> or following that up with seven and five, I just want to give you a few stats from uh, ESPN. Gives me team stats here. Uh, Iowa is averaging forty-two points per game, or no? Iowa State is averaging forty-two points per game. Iowa is <laughs> averaging seven. Uh, Iowa State four hundred and sixty-nine yards per game. Iowa one hundred and sixty-six. However, they only allowed 120. I was favored by three and a half. Listen, I don't know if they're going to score three and a half points. Um, the the over is 40 and a half. Um, again, that would be a shootout in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Iowa did play Southeastern Missouri uh, State last week, and they did win 42 to 10. This is a better defense. This is a Big Ten defense. And this is what I, I mean, Iowa 
makes their money off defense, especially after old Brian Ferentz took over calling the plays. I mean, honestly, I'm just shocked at how they did uh, how they did this uh, weekend. Is that what he said? Um, he said he was like blatantly surprised. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Spencer Petrus, I am looking to have a QBR of 10 this week. And yeah, I'm actually going to take Iowa. I think they're going to break the streak here. Um, Iowa's D or not Iowa, Iowa State. I'm going to take Okay. I think they're going to break the streak here. Iowa's defense is salty. It's going to be hard to score. I do think Hunter Deckers is a good quarterback. We're going to find out this weekend, um, how good he is, uh, against a, a pretty stout Big Ten defense in Iowa. But I think Iowa State's going to break the streak. They'll, they might storm the field at Kinnick. So we'll see how it goes. Of course, every year it seems we get like this. We think Iowa State's going to be good, and uh, Iowa's just better. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I will say if Iowa wins, it's going to be like that LSU-Alabama game of the century where LSU won 9-6. to six. Uh, that's how Iowa's going to have to win this game. But give me Iowa State and the under. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure Iowa is still going to be a good team this year, but I don't understand how you don't score a touchdown against – I know it's like South Dakota State's a pretty good FCS team. I think they're like top five in their poll. But like Iowa won 10 games last year. Probably a little lucky with that. but like. They won 10 games last year. How do you not score a touchdown against an FCS team? Like, congrats, you got the two safeties to get you to dub. But, yeah, um, going back to last year, Iowa State was really hyped up going into the year. I think they were top 10 going into this game. And they almost lost to Northern Iowa week one. And, you know, when I was thinking about this game last year, I was like, oh, I'm a Big 12 guy. Iowa State's still going to beat Iowa. Iowa's not that good. And Iowa just went into Iowa State and won because they were a better team. And I think something similar is happening this year. I think Iowa State's probably just a better team. I don't – I kind of said this when we previewed the Big 12. I don't think Iowa State is that much worse this year. Yes, they lost Brock Purdy, but are we sure Brock Purdy's actually that good? Hunter Decker's put up good numbers against Southeast Missouri State. I think he could put up these numbers against Iowa. Yes, they lost Brees Hall, but it seems like their other running back is just fine. I think this Iowa State team's not much worse than last year, and Iowa just can't score, so I'll – I'll take Iowa State, and I don't really see how this game goes under or goes over. I would take like four, Iowa score, like this. This line should be like twenty five. Yeah, it really <laughs> should. Unless Iowa State's able to score. This is basically of- a service academy game where it's like thirty something the total. Yeah. So uh, I, I will add after losing um, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits stayed where they were last week. Um, they're the number three team in the FCS and they received one first place vote after losing their game. So there is that back to the big 12, back to some good matchups. Uh, let's go to where college game day is going this weekend because they chose the best matchup. Let's go to Austin, Texas, where the number one Alabama Crimson Tide, without the million dollar marching band plays the Texas Longhorns. Wait, what do you, wait, what do you think of that real quick? I have, uh, it's, I it's have a, no problem with it. I don't care. I mean, that's just what it's what they do. However, it's a rule in the SEC because they always travel with their bands. It's a rule in the SEC that they give them good seats. Um, so they'll have to change how that works when they get into the SEC. So, uh, but yeah, 
But right. I, I, Alabama uh, played well against the uh, Mountain West Conference champions last week. They won like 59 to nothing. Um, Texas beat their team. Who'd they play? ULM. Oh, Louisiana Monroe. They beat Alabama once. People forget that. Ken <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ewers, we all know, is the second coming of Jesus Christ in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Alabama is favored by 20. I think they'll win by every bit of 20. The over is 65 and a half. I think that's going to shoot way over. Uh, I do believe Texas will be able to score 20, 25 points. I, I would compare this to the Tennessee game last year. Tennessee jumped out, you know, seven to nothing. But then Alabama won 54 to 24 or something like that. So I would compare this to that. I don't think Texas is as good. Texas is not going to be able to stop Alabama. So, you know, Josh Pate, you and I saw <laughs> how many points does Texas have to score to win? Drew commented 50. I at first commented 70. And then I said, I don't think there is any amount of points Texas can score that Alabama. Won't to be do. fair, I said 50 plus is like a starter. But yeah, like they're not. We'll get to my prediction, but I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, uh, let's see, Alabama might score 60 in in, in Mm. Austin. I really really think they might. Uh, But Sark said he's had the game plan finished since summer. So Jimbo said that too, and they won. But let me go Alabama 55, Texas 17. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be funny. That would be funny. So, I think Texas can score on anybody. I do think they will score on Bama. And maybe early they go punch for punch with them. But eventually, like, Will Anderson and all those guys on that defense, I'm blanking on their names right now, but they got a bunch of studs. But Will Anderson's probably the best player in the country that's not a quarterback. Um, And the best player that is a quarterback is also on Bama's team. (laughs) Um. Like, they're going to get after him, and I would assume eventually, you know, his first, like, real test for Quinn Ewers that he will struggle at some point. But I do think they'll score. Uh, Bama might score every possession. I don't know how anyone's going to stop them. Uh, They got some receivers in the transfer portal after they lost their two best receivers from last year. They got a running back from Jordan Tech who's really good, who's probably better than a running back last year that got drafted. So, uh I'll take Bama 59, Texas 35. I do think Texas will score, but I don't think it's – and way over. I'm definitely I'm definitely going to bet the over. I don't know if I'll bet the Bama spread because I could see Texas, like, being down 24 and scoring a touchdown to end the game or something. But, yeah, I'll take, I'll take the over. There's going to be a ton of points in this game. All and right. I, and I don't blame game day for going to this game, but it's definitely not the best game. Like, there's a lot of good games this weekend. It's not for sure. All right. Speaking of one of those games, let's go to the last good game on the Big 12 slate. Uh, Let's go to Dallas, Fort Worth area, and we're going to talk about Tarleton and TCU. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We got two more games to break down. Uh, Let's go to uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma State is hosting the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, Arizona State played northern arizona and won 40 to 3 and then we all know oklahoma state hosted uh central michigan central michigan i mean they scored a lot of points at the end um but oklahoma state looked like oklahoma state you know they gave up seven eight um in the first three quarters oklahoma state gave up 23 points um but in the last quarter they gave up 22 
So I think they just, you know, put pulled their foot off the gas a little bit there. So I think Oklahoma State is legit. They're the number 11 team. They're favored by 11 and a half over Arizona State. Um, and the over is 58. I think this game is going to go over. I don't know how good Arizona State is, but I think they could be improving. Um, so I'm going to say it's going to be a close one. I'll still take Oklahoma State minus 11 and a half. I think they'll win by 14. Um, but I think Arizona State will make it a game right until the very end. Oklahoma State will score and put it out of reach is what I think will happen. So uh, give me the give me the Cowboys, but a closer game than people might think. All right. Yeah, I don't know much about Arizona State either. Uh, I don't know if they made a bowl last year. I know that some people are saying that this might be Herm Edwards last year. I have no idea about that. Uh, I think their defenses have been pretty bad. and. Maybe Spencer Sanders has made a step in the right direction, or maybe Central Michigan's defense was that bad. I don't know. Spencer Sanders isn't a bad quarterback. I just don't. I'm just not the eye on him. But maybe he's made a step. I don't know. It's like his 10th year there with COVID, you know. Uh, it's one of those 24-year-olds, I'm pretty sure. But So I think Oklahoma State will score a lot. I do agree that the overall hit, but I'll take them to cover. I don't know really how good Arizona State is, so I'll let my Big 12 homerism out here and I'll take Oklahoma state to cover pretty easily. All right, there we go. Now last big 12 game to pick. Uh, we're going to go to Provo, Utah. Uh, the uh, BYU Cougars are hosting the Baylor bears. Uh, Baylor's number nine team in the country played Albany last week, won 69 to 10. Nice. Nine. Um, BYU played this Southern Florida bowls. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won 50 to 21. Uh, let's see. Baylor's favored by three in Provo over is 53 and a half. Listen, I think, I under- I think BYU's favored. No, right? that's not, that's not what ESPN says. Oh, it says, no, it's BYU favored by three. Oh, my bad. You're good. No, that's it. BYU's favored by three. Um, Listen, I know we all know Baylor's the better team because Baylor is the better team. BYU, did BYU beat them last year? No. No. Okay. I thought that was – I thought there was something about that game that was shocking. Um, I think it was a close game, but I'm pretty sure Baylor only lost in the Big 12, Yeah, I think. Anyway. We all know Baylor's the better team, but here's the thing. Good teams go to Provo and then they lose. It's something weird about that stadium, about that home field environment. We've seen a lot of Utah teams come in there and not come out uh, winning. Good teams just go to Utah and lose, to be honest. Talk to Oregon. Talk to Michigan, you know. I think Provo is a tough home field environment or or whatever their stadium's called. BYU's home field environment's tough, uh, very scenic, but it's a large stadium with a large student body presence. Um I'm going to actually take BYU to win by 10. I think it's going to mess Baylor up enough. I think they might drop a game here. So give me BYU uh, winning by 3 to 10, you know, one to two scores. Um, and the over, 53 and a half. All right. Um, I don't know if Baylor's a better team. Like, BYU could just be better. You know, I'm not really sure. Uh you know, I'm pretty high on Baylor just in general in the Big 12, but this is this is a really tough game. I think the odds makers have it right. I think BYU's favored for a reason. And, I, you know, we're agreeing on, like, every pick here, but I think BYU's going to win. I don't know by how much. Probably by one score. I could see it being a close game. I think it was a 
close game last year, but yeah, I'll take BYU to win. Uh, Jaron Hall is a quarterback who I guess that some NFL scouts think uh, is very similar to Zach Wilson and can be a first round pick this year. So they might have the better quarterback in that matchup. And I know BYU uh, returns basically everybody from their team last year and Baylor lost a lot. So I think BYU might just be the better team. So I'll take BYU to win as well. And I could see a lot of points being scored too. So I'll, I'll take the over, I guess, too. All right. Well, there it is, us picking college football. We are going to get into a little bit of a rant session here. I would like to say that we're joined uh, by the third member of our house and a special guest, Jacob Adams. Wait, hold on, hold on. By the way, I have two more games, but we can do those after this if you want. Let's do it after this. Okay, yeah, after this. That's fine. Jacob's going to pick a couple. All right. So He can pick those two. So, Jacob, say hi. Hello. Hi, Jacob. Hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> there has been – it's Mizzou hate week here at K-State. Uh, volleyball team already took care of business um, tonight, winning 3-2. to two. So – Shout out the volleyball shout team. Shout out. Shout out volleyball team. Aoka Lee's friends probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there has been some attention being taken away – uh, from Mizzou Hate Week uh, by a certain individual who is abusing his power. That is Dr. Frank Trace. Dr. Frank Trace made an announcement to the Topeka News yesterday that the Wabash Cannonball would stop being played if the chant Fuck KU persists. Now. Gotta put the explicit tag on this podcast now. Jeez. You know what? Let's just do it. Let's just commit to the explicit podcast. No, I, I'm cool with it. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. Now, we have we have band members making Instagram accounts, Save the Wabash, in which Frank Twa- Frank Trace is quoted. What is that word? Flippant? Flippant. Flippant. Okay, I don't know that word. To let some kids that are quite immature and irresponsible think that they can be flippant about things they say just because they are in a crowd through what so many people have spent so many years building, that's sad to me. Frank, why are we making a big deal out of it? You know, it's being said during your band's song because your administration took away Sandstorm because they didn't want the students to play it during or say the fuck KU chant during KU basketball games. That's literally only when the chant was said. The administration says, but we could be hurting people's feelings. When did we turn into the liberal university here in Kansas? We could be hurting people's feelings. All right. So they take it. They say, you got to stop or we're going to take it away. So what do the students do? They respond by saying it at every basketball game that Sandstorm has played. So the administration takes it away. Did it stop the chant? No. They said it during the Wabash. So now, failing to re- learn from their past mistakes, the man that put a penis in a Jayhawk's mouth with the marching band on the field is going is threatening to take away the Wabash. I say keep pushing the students because you're going to keep losing songs and your fan base is going to be mad. Now, the fact that they are turning 450 marching band members against the student body uh, is a little bit ridiculous. I have another quote here um, from a marching band member. And listen to this. You would be surprised that they're enrolled at K-State. The first time we hear the chant from now on at a football game, we will no longer play Wabash during that game until the students decide to mature and realize they're ruining the best game day tradition in the country. 
one K-State band member said, the students decide to mature. They're students too. They could get over it. It's not that big of a deal. They're 18 to 22-year-olds. Let kids say what they want to say. West Virginia, eat shit pit. LSU, suck that tiger dick, bitch. Michigan says, fuck Ohio. Ohio State says, we don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan. These things continue down the list because teams don't like each other, and it wouldn't be that big a problem if the administration had just let it happen during KU games. But now we lost Sandstorm, and I think a student body is prepared to lose Wabash, uh, the Wabash Cannonball, which was voted the greatest preseason tradition in the Big 12, like in 2007. It's kind of meh, you know. I'm willing to lose it. I'm okay with losing it, um, especially now. You know how Frank Trace, the band walks out before the game, and they come, and then they play in front of the students, and Frank Trace stands up on that podium and tries to excite the crowd. I think we boo him, you know? No, don't boo him. Come on. No, <laughs> he stands up. He does this. Boo, you know? Get the crowd going. Oh, well, watch gone. Get the no. We didn't even say anything. We just and we booed him though. We just hurt hey, we just hurt his little feelings. Yeah, that's and, all we did. That's gonna cause him the fact that time. I am a regular student and I know who Doctor Frank Trace is. No band director is known as widespread as Doctor Trace, and no band director has as much sway as Frank Trace does in the country. Could you name KU's band director, Drew? Matthew Smith, I think. Okay, Drew's a nerd. <laughs> but only because I know him, kind of. Okay, so Drew kind of knows him. But, but I also wasn't banned in high school, so, like, that's, you know, whatever. But the the university took a stance. The students refused to accept that stance. The university continued to dig the trench, and now the students are prepared to lose the Wabash. So it's just a mishandled situation on both sides. Um, but – what are you going to do? The, the the best thing they can do now is the university gives the student Sandstorm back on the stipulation that they don't say the chant during the Wabash. I agree. I agree. That's the best thing they can do now. Of course, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that because we've turned into a bunch of pansies in our admin office who's afraid of hurting people's feelings and ruffling feathers. I have a theory. Go ahead. So this thing has been happening... Like, I feel like my first year here, 2019, like the fuck KU chants were going on quite a bit. And they were happening in 2020 and then last year and then this year. So why this year is now it a big deal? Like, I don't think like Frank Trace might not like it, but I feel like there's somebody higher up than him. I don't know if it's the new president. You know, there's a new president. Maybe he doesn't like it. I don't know who it is. Maybe Jerome Tang talked to him personally. I don't know. And Jerome Tang swayed him. Yeah, and it's been happening since 2014. Right. So, like, I don't – and by the way, as a KU fan, like, I have no problem with it. Like, it – like, who cares? Like, that's what makes – like, stuff like the fuck KU chant is what makes college sports fun. Mm -hmm. You know? So, I don't care. Do what you want. I don't go run around yelling rent-free, you know. I don't care. But just want to throw that out there. But I don't know. Like, I, you know, I know some people in the band. Like, I think that everyone in the band likes Frank Trace. I don't know if he's just someone that would go around just, like, abuse his power like this. And I do agree with the students being mad. I don't think it'd be that big of a deal to not chant it during the Wabash. But I get it. Like, I get not. Like, you do it for so long, for, like, eight years. And then it's like, okay, now you can't do it. It's like, well, what the heck? Like, why can't we do it? So, 
I don't know. I think that there's someone telling him that he can't play to Wabash anymore. And he wants to play to Wabash because it's a really cool song, at least in my opinion. And probably in his opinion too. So he wants to keep it going. So that okay. I think, I think there's a lot of pressure. But... Here's how you solve that problem. If you're the administration, ESPN won't put us on their primetime games because we chant explicits in the FAA or FCA or FCC, the FCC. FCC. Yep. Won't allow us to be on prime time or during the day on the main channels because we say that word and they don't want kids to hear it. Explain to them a problem. If that's the problem, explain to us that that is the problem. Have a civilized conversation with the students instead of being trying to be like mom and dad and say, you're grounded from this. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we could solve this problem if we just talk it out and not be so authoritarian over a bunch of kids who are trying to get out from underneath their parents anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's not a situation that really matters uh, that much. Uh, We're going to lose a Wabash this weekend. That's just how it is Um, because fuck KU. So what do you have to say about that? You know, I think it's going to be taken away because obviously there's people who want to save it. But there's a majority of people who don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Explicit, mm-hmm. sorry, you don't care. No, we're no, we're no, we're already past it. We're already past it. We've said, we said it all. <laughs> you got a lot of drunk college kids who are just like who aren't gonna care. I know last game someone started a fuck Joe Biden chant. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that word. Didn't, it, it, didn't, it didn't really word. It didn't really go as how it was last year. How widespread it was. Yeah, no. It kind of got shut down pretty fast just by people who think it's stupid now. We turned into the liberal university. I guess so. I guess so. We got to stop attracting these people. I'm telling you, it might be a new president. Might be a new president, you know. It was never an issue until he got here. Liberalism? Oh, he's from NC State. I don't know. Seems awful like a coincidence that he comes and, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying it. I'm just suggesting it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I like Dr. Dick Lint. I think he's a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm 23 years old, but no one said Dick, so I laughed. Let's go. <laughs> Dick Lint, baby. So I like I like Doctor uh, Richard Linton, but if he is changing it, I just think maybe we just go back to General Myers. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Every time Jacob's on the podcast, we're gonna do a segment college football trivia with Jacob. You might learn something. Jacob definitely is gonna learn something. Maybe <laughs> we're gonna ask him three questions, and if he gets, you know, I don't know. Two of them right. He gets – I'll give him a beer. All right? If not, he has to go to bed hungry with no dinner. <laughs> so no, no food tomorrow if he doesn't get any right. Yeah, he's cutting. So, all right, Drew, ask away. Okay, so just, just general trivia? For college football. Okay. All right, Jacob. Some people would say that the Heisman, you know, most outstanding college player, whatever description is, is a quarterback award. Who was the last non-quarterback to win it? 
Oh. You know what? I want to say Derrick Henry. Incorrect. Oh. Nope. Does no one know it? Devontae Smith. Yay. Okay. Yeah, that was like, what, two years ago? Yeah, it was two years ago. So pretty recently, actually. But. What team in the Pacific 12 Conference, a Pac 12 for short, features a Wildcat mascot? <laughs> well, you gotta get these next to your right or no food for you tomorrow. Oh man, what color are they? Blue, blue, and red. Why did we just watch them the other day? Did we just watch them the other no. day? No, 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 we didn't. We lost blue and red, pack 12. Party school, baby. It is a big party school. So is it state school counterpart? Yes. Huh. Blue and red. Like a dark blue. Yeah, like a navy kind of, like right? Navy, yeah. Yeah. And red. They're more of a basketball school than football. But the football program football program's on the up. They won last week. <laughs> they did. It's got- it does have its ups and downs, though. The football—it's been good before, but not very good, not consistently. Hmm. Have they played so far? Have they played yet? Yes. Who yes. They play against who? Did, uh, who Central Arizona or something like that? No, it was at. They were. It was like San Diego State. I think. Oh, oh yeah, it was at San Diego State. Yeah. Yeah, they, they upset them. The mascot was a what? Wildcat. Wildcat. Um, we'll pass. I don't know. All right, I got, I got another one. I'm watching this team play a home game in Memorial Stadium in the capital of the state in which they reside. This team has a legendary coach who finally won a national championship in 1994, then went on to win another in 1995. At which university am I watching this game? What university is in the state capital? Their stadium's named Memorial Stadium. See, this is tricky because there's like 12 of those. There's like 12 Memorial Stadiums. There are a lot of Memorial yeah, Stadiums. I honestly cannot. Including you. David Booth Memorial Stadium. You know the stadium. Or you know this team, this school. I do. Yes. They're in the Big Ten. Big Ten. Yes. How does he not know what team you're going to see? You want to call call a friend? Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Oh. I don't know. Hold on. Jacob is not friends to phone. No. Listen. So you said Big 12. Big 10. Big 10, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Memorial Stadium. Yes, in their state capital. They wear red. Alabama. (laughs) They play in the SEC. (laughs) Their, Their football stadium is... Bryant Denny Stadium, and they are not in Mobile. God. Um, call Alyssa. Dude. Oh, my God. Let me call someone. Let me call someone. I would call Alyssa. No, I don't count. Yeah, Alyssa. Yeah, 
Yeah, Alyssa might oh. know what school. Oh. 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 There you go. <laughs> Arizona was the other answer. Arizona was the other one. So okay. now we can ask him one more question. He just skip. Let's just give him like three lifelines. He gets a skip question, but he's going to get another one later on. Okay, he gets one skip question, one phone a friend. All right, and then one hint. Okay. <laughs> okay. What about you so far? I used I've used the pass. You used a skip. Hint. You used a, you used the pass and you used a hint. So, so you have a phone a friend. Okay. Even though we gave it to you. <laughs> Thank you for another hint. Mm. Wait, one second. Okay. Which of these teams is not in the SEC? <laughs> North Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina, Arkansas, Tennessee. Now remember. Oh, I know Tennessee's in the SEC. Okay, I did not. Now remember. Uh huh. This is for food. Tomorrow you won't be able to eat, and you'll get a beer. North Carolina, South Carolina, Arkansas, or Tennessee. I will say Arkansas is in the SEC. Is in the SEC now. Yes. We're guessing what team is not in the SEC. I know, I know. So it's either between okay. North and South Carolina. Okay. Which I assume. You know what? You said Arkansas. I want to say Arkansas is a Big Ten. I don't say Arkansas is not the. Oh, Jacob, you're on the right track and you just blew it. Are you leaving your phone a friend option just off the table? Who would know this? Everybody? People. <laughs> Most people. So I want to say right there was wrong. Well, is that your final answer? Is Arkansas your final answer? Well, Drew kind of gave it away a little bit with his. Well, 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 I thought that was his answer. I thought Arkansas was his answer. Well, I, I had to ask him for So it's either North, between North and South Carolina. Or Tennessee. Tennessee's SEC. Are you sure? Are, are you sure? Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. Oh, make me second guess. <laughs> we should get suspenseful music to overlay in this. <laughs> North and South Carolina. Or Tennessee? Or Arkansas. Or Arkansas. Tennessee's definitely SEC. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I swear you, because you have your freaking jersey that says SEC. Woo! Okay. So it's definitely. What if they change conference? So you remember his jersey, but you didn't remember he was going to a freaking Nebraska game. (laughs) Okay. Between North and South Carolina, I want to say South Carolina final final answer. Final answer? Yes, South Carolina locked in. Yes, wrong. North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) It is North Carolina. Oh, sorry, buddy. Yourself? Yeah, I get one more. Okay, one more. We'll get one one last more. one to redeem himself. We're here laughing. Do, 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 do. 
I'm trying to find one. I'm trying to find one you can answer. It's like none of them. Mm. Drew, just for fun, give me an NFL question. Oh, just for funsies? Yes. Um. Okay, there are three players. This one's kind of tough. Yeah, it's fun. There are three. <laughs> there are three players that have recorded receiving yards after the age of forty. Who are they? Oh my god! And I'll give you a hint. One of them is a receiver, and the other two are quarterbacks. Really. Yes. So I want to say Tom Brady. Yes. Um, I want to say Tannehill. Tannehill's not forty. the The other quarterback is not an active one, but you definitely know who it is. Okay. Um. And the receiver should be obvious. Should be obvious. Well, he's like the best receiver ever. I found one. I don't know how old they are. Are you still active? No, no. But he played well into his 40s. Well into his 40s. How long ago? Like 90s. Randy Moss. Nope. What's well, so there's three NFL players to have ever received a pat, like have receiving yards that were older than 40. And two are quarterbacks, and one is a receiver. So he already got Tom Brady. Jerry Rice. Yep. Okay. Right. There's there's one more quarterback. Receiving yards over forty. You got Tom Brady and Jerry Rice. Uh huh. And one there's a quarterback okay. that also he had negative receiving yards, but it still counts as receiving yards. Peyton Manning. Nope. He didn't Joe. play until he was forty. Joe Flacco. Nope. He. I don't think he is forty. Wow. What team did he play for? Uh, he played for a few teams. Uh, what okay. teams did he play for? Okay, okay, Nolan, don't answer this. He he was the Packers quarterback before Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I don't know why I didn't get that. I don't know why I know this, but I do. <laughs> it's Brett Favre. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say he wore uh he wears Wrangler jeans all the time, but I'm looking at two questions here. One simpler. But the other one kind of makes a little bit more sense. I'm going to ask you both because I like them both. I couldn't choose just one. Okay. The winningest program in college football history resides in Ann Arbor. What's that team? No. <laughs> so I told you we're there. From. The University of Kansas. No. Yes. Okay. What state would Ann Arbor be in? I don't know. It's cold there. So it's north. Yeah. So Jacob, they got some uh, Great Lakes up there. You know, some lakes that are great. Michigan. Oh. Okay. (laughs) No hint needed. No hint needed. I don't know. I literally sing their fight song. <laughs> like you, I know their fight song. My Wait. travels take me to the 19th state admitted to the union. 
The school had a former star portrayed on the silver screen by Ronald Reagan. More recently, one of this school's former player, who really was not a star, was portrayed by Sean Astin. Now, whose campus am I visiting? Oh, my God. Who's Sean Astin? I have no idea. You know who Sean Astin is? No. Mr. Frodo? Oh. Sam Weiss Gamgee. Oh! Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. Notre Dame. Yeah. Yes. Thank God for Rudy. Thank God for Rudy. Well, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Hardly Knowledgeable Podcast. Drew, you got anything else to add? Uh, unless you want to do oh, these yeah, other two games. Picks. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob gets to pick some games. Let's do a Jacob pick tracker throughout the season yeah. to see his win loss. We should do our pick trackers too, but you know, we haven't yet. So, how about Nolan? How about me and you? We tracked our Big Twelve picks. So, like Big Twelve versus Big Twelve. So, like so far, there's one. Okay. So that way we know, and then we can. Okay. Right. So, do we want to get do we want to get quick picks from Jacob from the other ones we let's, talked about? Let's do. Let's get some picks from Jacob. Quick picks. Okay. Ku at West Virginia. Who you got? West Virginia. Okay. Missouri at K State. Who you got? K State. All right. Alabama at Texas. I think Alabama. All right. Iowa State at Iowa. Iowa State. All right. Good choice. Uh, Houston at Texas Tech. Houston. All right. If you choice, uh, Baylor at BYU. (laughs) BYU. All right. All right. No, one for the two. I wanted to pick with you. First one. Tennessee is going to Acrisure Field or whatever it's called now. It's not Heinz Field anymore. And they're a six-point favorite on the road. Yeah. So, who you got? Rocky Top, you will always be home sweet home to me. Good old Rocky Top. Woo! (laughs) Give me the balls, baby. All right. So... I think Tennessee's going to win, too. I think Pitt's going to cover. I think this game is going to be really close. Um, you know, Pitt did a win at Tennessee last year, so I'm not sure why it's such a big spread. Yeah, they're. I mean, I don't know. Like, they scored a ton of points last year, had a bad defense. Kind of seems the same. But last think, year, that uh, – Yeah, they, that didn't have, they didn't have the quarterback game. in. Yeah, but, and that was the first game. I don't think it was the first game, but I think it was early. Yeah. I think it might have been week two again. But I'll take Tennessee to win, but Pitt to cover. Spread. Drew? Or not Drew, Jacob? Mm-hmm. Who are you taking? Pitt, Tennessee? Tennessee. Tennessee. I sang the song. Go Vols. All right. Uh, last one I wanted to do. Uh, Florida coming off a big win is hosting Kentucky. Florida is favored by five and a half. I'll take the Cats. I actually think this is a letdown game for them. I mean, it's a top 12. I mean, Kentucky's, what, number 12, or they dropped to number 18 or something like that. But Florida's like, 12. Kentucky's probably the same or maybe dropped. I don't know. I think this is a letdown game for Florida. They just beat a top 10 team and, and a national audience, and now they got to turn around and play just as hard to beat Kentucky. Give me Kentucky. Um, what's the spread? Five and a half. Well, I'll I mean, take if you're taking a win, you're picking the cover because they're they're underdogs. Okay. It's, at, it's at Florida, by the way. Okay. I'll but, take Kentucky. Yeah. Give me the cats. All right. I'll take Florida. Um, 
Kentucky has their uh, star running back got suspended preseason for like a DUI or something. I don't know. Some off the field thing and some other people did too. And I think Mark Stoops said that he wants them back, but I think it's administration that is holding them out longer than just a one game. Um, I do think Florida is in a slight letdown spot here, but after hearing, hearing like Billy Napier's comments after beating uh, Utah, I think that they'll be ready to play. He kind of said that, like, hey, great win, but we got a lot of work to do. So I'll, I'll take Florida to win and cover. So who you got, who you got Jacob? I want to say Florida. All right. All right. Well, if that is the literally the only game that we all dis or that I disagreed on with you. Nope, um, nope. Because you had Iowa, right? No, I took Iowa State. I think Iowa State's winning. Oh, that's right. Okay. So. Damn. All right. So we agreed on everything but the Florida Kentucky game because I'm not bought in on Florida yet. Yeah, you know, we'll see. So yeah, there we are. You got any? Uh, you can just this be quick, but do you have any uh, AP poll? You know, disagreements you want to talk yeah. about? Yeah, I do. Let me look at it real quick I... just to remember what was on the AP poll. Um. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Michigan rose four spots after beating Colorado State. Clemson dropped a spot after beating a better team than Colorado State. Um, Notre Dame dropped three spots, which I make sense. Florida is number 12 after not being ranked. I think that is an overreaction. Um, Tennessee beat Ball State, and now they're ranked. I don't know if that was just to give a ranked matchup. That doesn't make much sense. Pitt dropped five spots after winning on the road at a tough home field environment. It was It was a home game, right? Pitt. Or who are you talking about? Not Pitt, NC State. NC yep, State yep, got five yep. spots. Pitt didn't move, and they beat a pretty good West Virginia team. Um, mm-hmm. Houston moved down a spot after winning. Wake Forest moved down a spot, and Ole Miss moved down a spot after winning. But my biggest concern is Florida at 12, Michigan jumping Clemson, and Georgia jumping Ohio State. Yeah. Those so, are my big three issues. So it said Michigan jumped four spots? Yes. Okay. So I didn't really tell you this, but I, like, on, like, a spreadsheet, like, made my own rankings, just, like, what I thought they would be, just, like, for reference. So I actually put Georgia at one for now, just because I think they've proved more after beating Oregon. I'm still decently high on Oregon. I Also, Oregon went from 11 to unranked. Which seems a little ridiculous. Like, did the voters not think that them getting shelled by Georgia was possible when they ranked them 11th? I don't know. Uh, so I'm actually okay with Georgia jumping Ohio State. They might be a better team after what they showed, but I wouldn't. Like, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State in any order of the top three. So I don't really have an issue there. Uh, I have Clemson and Michigan four and five. So, and I had them like that week one. So I don't really see an issue there. I mean, I don't get why Michigan jumped Clemson. Like Clemson didn't look that great on offense, but their defense looked really good. And yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I had Florida at 16 last week and I bumped up to 14. So I don't think them being at 12 is that bad, but also if they were unranked, I don't get why you jumped up to 12. And yeah, that's really about it. Yeah. Um, now Josh Pate had a nice quote. Oh wait, No, one more, one more. I'm sorry. USC being 10th is fucking ridiculous, you know, since we're 
yeah, I don't like. Why are they? Why are they top ten? They they are ranked fourteenth to start the year when we don't know what they're going to look like. They beat Rice, and now they're top ten. Yeah, I mean like, nobody else played anybody. Okay, but why did they like? Why did they move up? Because they're because they have Lincoln Riley as their coach. Like, okay, yeah, I guess. Josh Pate had a quote today um, from his Mima. He said, "Wise men make observations in week one; foolish men make conclusions." So we don't know anything about these teams. Yeah. Yet. I mean, they've played teams. We don't know who's good, who's not. So we could, I mean, Oregon could go undefeated and Georgia earn the top spot. Or Clemson or Georgia Tech could not lose another game, you know, which I don't think that's going to happen. But that could just be how good Clemson's defense is. So um, Utah could be bad this year. And Florida could have just been a little bit better of a team that night. We don't know how good they are yet. Until we get games played, we don't know how good teams are yet. So it's a lot of speculation right now as to who's good, who isn't. Nobody really played anybody, you know. So we'll find out. Uh, the Cats not being ranked mm, drives me crazy. They're going to still get there, you know. They'll get there eventually if they don't lose. So they are. They do have 18 votes here right now. So, yeah. Well, That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Hardly Knowledgeable Podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank Jacob for guest starring uh, in today's Hardly Knowledgeable Podcast. Uh, We'll have him back periodically throughout the season. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Our links are in the bio, at Hardly Knowledge, um, and ask us a question. We'll answer it for you on the podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.